Welcome to Learning to Speak Life podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. This show will be focusing on the biblical truths surrounding the importance of speaking life-giving words, no matter the circumstance. This information will be relevant for new believers as well as the seasoned saints, as no one has their tongue under control. Hello and welcome, friends, to the Learning to Speak Life podcast. I am your co-host, Carly Kirchival. And I'm Michael Kirchival. Today we're excited to be talking with you about speaking life over your emotions. Now let's start off in prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray that you will give Carly and I the words to speak. Help us, Father God, to those listening, help us all to apply speaking life over our emotions. God, we pray that you'll do a mighty, your mighty work through all of us, and we thank you for this gracious Father in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, we are excited. We are talking tonight about speaking life over our emotions. This is a fun topic because, at least for me, every day my emotions are being tested. That's fun to you? (laughs) (laughs) What's fun to me is learning how to overcome my emotions and give God the glory. Amen. It's a big challenge. So let's start off in the word. Please turn to Galatians chapter 5. Verse 16 through 21, which says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. One of the first things I want to talk about is that Our emotions take place whenever circumstances arise. It's very true. Um, I want to point out that this relates to both positive and negative circumstances that will produce either positive or negative emotions. Well, I want to say this, that being a Christian does not keep you exempt from facing negative emotions. Amen. It's, uh, it's, It's very true, and I think a lot of times as Christians depending on where we're at in our walk or, you know, some people that um, might maybe have a legalistic mindset. We do trick ourselves into believing the lie that we're not supposed to feel any type of emotion, that we're supposed to just walk around with peace, floating on clouds all day long, singing hallelujah. But that's not true. And um, I think it's important to point out that the negative emotion itself is not a sin, rather how we handle it. That determines what if there will be any sin and if so what steps we need to take to overcome it yes and and let's dig a little further in the scriptures let's go to luke chapter 6 verse 42 which says how can you say to your brother brother let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye you hypocrite first take the plank out of your eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. 
I want to say this scripture really speaks to me. Here I was, a born-again Christian, thinking that, as Carly would say, cloud nine, thinking that I was invisible, thinking that I was better than everyone else. When in fact, a lot of things that I pointed out in other people, I in fact was struggling with the same sin. Mm-hmm. I know how that is. And each time I would pray for those individuals, God will clearly show me through his scripture saying, Michael, you need to work on this. You see somebody else that may have an anger problem, you need to work on it. And this is how I want you to apply it in your life. Once I came to God and say and humbled myself to God and submitting to his word, I said, God, I obviously have a plank in this area, but help help me to to peel this off one step out of time. Yeah. I want to say this. Some things just doesn't happen instantly. Some things take a process of, of healing and, and getting through the scars that has happened to you in your life. But if you allow God to show you the planks that are in your life, he will give you the faith and obedience to help others out. Not to say I'm better than you, but to say I struggle with the same things you struggle with but this is what I'm doing to overcome it on a daily basis. Yeah. And even more than that, I think it's important that you identify first that you have sin in your life. It can be anything. It's just being transparent. It's being real because if we don't identify the sin, then God can't take care of it for us. You know, he can't instruct us on how to live um, righteously when we're pretending that we're already righteous, when we're pretending that we're already holy by not acknowledging sin and I find that I don't just do that at times. In the past, it was just toward adults. You know, when I first got saved, I was it was back in 1998, and um, I was a young college student. And I, before I came to Christ, I thought I knew everything anyway, which we know is a total and complete lie. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but, you know, when I remember sitting in that church and God had showed me my life on a movie screen, and it was like a drive-in, like the old school drive-in theater. And I was sitting there seeing all the times that he had reached out to me and I turned away from him simply because of this, the the planks, the sin. I was refusing to acknowledge that I had any room for improvement in my life. I was refusing to acknowledge that I had any imperfection in my life, partly because of my personality. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, I have a very strong type A personality and also the way I was raised. I have a lot of old school Japanese influence. And it's not only from a physical perspective, the way I was raised in, in seeing perfection. It, it has to be perfect. If it's not, then it's garbage. If you don't get A's, you are a piece of trash. If you don't have a perfectly spotless house that surgery can be performed on the floors, then you're a filthy pig and you're no good. You're, you know, these were the type of things that, that I was introduced to at a young age But also from a spiritual perspective, you know, I see how God showed me many things on that screen that day that related to my upbringing. But I'm also grateful because I understand that in my upbringing, there were also a lot of good things that came out of the old traditions of the Japanese ways. Mm -hmm. But anyhow, coming back to it, Whenever I finally said that, wow, Lord, I have this big plank in my eye, however you want to say it, I have sin in my life, then he was able to change me and my emotions changed. 
it was like I would be angry, but there was a difference in my anger. No longer did I want to go and just injure people when I became angry. I didn't want to fight people when I became angry. I might have felt similar emotions at times, depending on what the situation was, but through the admission of my sin Mm -hmm. and admitting that I needed a savior, it gave me the ability to start to hear from him so that I could speak life over my emotions. Because I know, you know, I know everybody that knows me knows that my cross, so to speak, that I bear is rage. It's something that, I mean, until the day that I die, I will continuously be tempted in that area. And I'm just grateful to God that he's given us his living active word, that I can speak it over the emotion of rage. Mm -hmm. And I can literally nip it in the butt. I can tell that thing, go away. I don't have to submit to you. You do not dominate me or control me anymore. I only submit to Jesus. He controls me. The spirit of God controls me. He dominates me. And I think that it's very important that when we are honest with ourselves, then we can be honest with God. And that was hard for me. I think that a lot of people struggle with that because we want to be, we all want to to be something great. We're all destined for greatness. God created us to be great in him, you know, in his image. And we all desire that and that's okay. But in that desire, we have to remember that we have to be honest. Yes. Without that honesty there, that raw, rugged honesty of saying, gosh, you know, I'm an absolute failure sometimes. Or in this area, I've really missed it. It's okay to miss it. You don't have to beat yourself up. That's right. You don't have to feel inferior or any of these things. You just have to recognize that, Lord, I messed up again. Yes. Your grace is sufficient. Help me to change so I don't mess up as often or so that I can minister to those who are messing up currently by being transparent and saying, hey, you're having a bad day. I see that you're yelling at your children. And I was just yelling at my kids earlier today, too. But you know what? I submitted to God. I prayed to him. And he gave me the strength and the ability to walk in love. Yes. And that's some, um, I just think that that's a very important part of it is, remembering that it's not just for us that we right. are being honest because number one, we want to be obedient to God and, and it's part of his commands, his word, you know, yes, we need to be honest, but two, because we have brothers and sisters out there who are struggling That's right. with the same sin to varying degrees. Mm-hmm. And God has called us to minister to one another, yes. to continually bear each other's burdens and to love each other and to be examples and to allow that light that only the Spirit of God can portray to shine through us. That is that is so good. I want to just add this also, uh, especially with you know my kind of personality or or slash struggles, is I have a tendency of uh, being hard on myself. And one thing that Carly, that what you're talking about is you have to be honest with yourself. I kind of would kind of think along the lines of saying, hey. Um, Pretty much, there's not too much I need to work on, and I beat myself up for failing. But the whole point is getting into God's word and say, God, I don't know, I missed, I missed it here, but help me to help me to get it right and to show the love of Jesus Christ to the the, per, the people around me. And 
now I can honestly say, because I'm being honest with myself, there's things that does not come natural to me, but I'm willing to say, God, I submit to your word and I submit to, to your authority and help me to show the love of Christ to those around me. And once I put it in that perspective, the love of God penetrates out of me and ministers to those around me. Amen. Including yourself, right? Including myself. That's the funny thing about it is, you know, God doesn't waste any time or any, he just is not a waster of anything. (laughs) That's right. He's going to use it all for his glory. (laughs) All right. Now let's go to Ephesians chapter four, verse 26, which says in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. God is not saying that we can never get angry, but instead we must still strive for peace no matter how our emotions are feeling inside our heart. We must guard our heart by confessing God's word into existence in our current state of anger. Now let me say this. There's no, there's no race, meaning each of us have our struggles and, and uh, gifts that God's given us, but we're to never compare ourselves to nobody else. God's given us our own gifts and our own calling. With that said, when we get upset, our emotions are trying to detour us from the word of God. It's very important, like we said, we're honest with ourselves, but that we get the situation under control. Be that mature Christian to say, you know what, God, I messed up here. Help me to fix it. And then go to that person, wherever the conflict was, and ask them to forgive you, whether you were right or they, or they were right. That doesn't matter. What matters is to get the situation under control in a godly way. And the best way is to be mature enough to say, you know what, I recognize where the discord was. Now I'm coming and asking for forgiveness. Yeah, and that's good. But remember on the flip side that, you know, if you've had a bad day emotionally, it's not the end of the world. That's right. You know, of course, our ultimate goal is to have less and less of those bad emotional days or allowing our emotions to control us. But if you happen to have a bad day emotionally, just remember to be encouraged that God promises us that his tender mercies are new each morning. He will forgive you. But again, we don't want to be complacent. We don't want to remain idle in the area of emotions. We want to continuously grow. We want to continuously stretch ourselves. And, you know, for those of us that have children, I'm not going to say it's extra important um, as if you, you that, you know, don't have children, it's not important for you to overcome your emotions. But in the scope of our families, I think it is a little more important when you have children to be extremely cautious how you handle your emotions, because you're not only affecting yourself, you're affecting these precious lives that God has entrusted you with. And that's something that I deal with every day, just being a stay at home mom, you know, and and a homeschooling mom too. I spend a lot of time with my babies and I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. However, in that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, there are, you know, several times that emotions (laughs) get going and, People's feelings get hurt as a result. And hey, believe me, it's not always the mama, okay? It, it, I mean, I'm guilty at times, but there's a lot of other people, little ones in particular around here that, you know, don't quite know how to control it. But but just being those that example to them, um, 
Because when we're not, when we continuously just sow into the emotion, into the anger, we're sowing seeds of discord. We're sowing seeds of sin. And we're going to reap that harvest. And unfortunately, we're also, not only are we giving Satan a foothold, but we are also sowing seeds of discord into our children's lives. And I know that that's not anything that I would intentionally do, but it happens. It does happen. And on those days, God reminds me of his grace, of the gift that he gave us the day that he died on that cross. The gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of mercy. Yes. All these beautiful things that he's given us. He reminds me of that. But again, I strive to forget all those things and and to press on to keep moving forward and not beat myself up. It's hard, though. I know you mamas out there feel me. It is hard as a mother to not beat yourself up constantly thinking, oh, I hurt my baby or I shouldn't have done this or I need to do that or how can I do this? But just remembering to be content where God has put you and to be happy that he has given you the ability to discern what is and is not of him. And I think as people too, a lot of times, you know, when we fail or things happen where we get humbled, like maybe we might say, oh, I'd never do that. I'd never (laughs) yell at my kids in public. And then guess what, buddy, you're in the middle of the grocery store and a lot of things are going on. And the next thing you know, you have raised your voice at your child in public. That dreaded thing that you said you'd never do, you just did. And that's okay because I'm not saying you should be yelling at your kids. Don't get me wrong. But what I am saying is it's okay because it's showing you where you're really at. You can say one thing in terms of your opinion of yourself is one way, but God sees the intents of the heart. So he's going to let you know where you're really at. You know, he does that to me all the time. I still love him, but you know, wow. Um, I am constantly seeing where I really am. And, and so saying all that to say that it is very, very important that, that we don't sin in our anger. Again, going back to just, you know, negative circumstances can produce negative emotions, Mm -hmm. but we can take control of those emotions. We can take control of the thoughts that lead to the emotions by speaking the word of God over those thoughts by, you know, training ourselves to constantly meditate on verses that pertain to our areas that we struggle in yes, or by constantly meditating on, you know, just a worship song. I know today we were just driving to pick up our daughter from a gymnastics camp that she was her first gymnastics camp. She was gone for a week. Oh my gosh. It was not easy. But as we were driving, um, I pulled out some old school worship songs that we love that were made in 1996. And I felt like something new was awakened in me because I felt like lately I had just been having a struggle. Yeah. It, my emotions, I was feeling very heavy. I was feeling the temptation to be depressed. Mm-hmm. And the truth is I have no reason to be depressed at all. I am completely blessed. And I know that. And it was driving me crazy because I was like, Lord, I don't know what to do. But he reminded me, speak my word. Speak my word. And although I know that, I obviously forgot something. You know, I forgot. I think I was just tired and I'm not making up excuses. But what I'm saying is, again, going back to um, being honest with myself, what I'm saying is God is giving me the room and you the room to grow gracefully. We will forget. You know, we've never arrived. We've never made it. We don't have the complete revelation 
of God. We don't have the complete revelation of the Gospels. We don't. If we did, we wouldn't need Jesus. We wouldn't need forgiveness. We wouldn't need grace. We wouldn't need love. We wouldn't need joy, peace, all the things that are found in him. So just remember that, yes, you're going to get upset or excited because even positive emotions sometimes with you get overly excited and you start making promises you can't keep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a good date with my friend. You know, we went out to, out to coffee and then I'm all excited saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we should do this, you know, once a week. Oh, maybe twice a week. You know, we can get together all the time. Uh, no, we can't. That doesn't fit into my schedule. It's not of God. So it's not just anger. Yeah. It can be excitement. Right. Mm-hmm. It can be flattery. Yeah. It can be anything. The temptation to, you know, just deception and lies. I mean, there's so many different things that can come forth out of emotions. Being afraid. We know that fear is not of God. Right. You know, we're, we're tempted to be afraid. At least I know I am constantly, you know, maybe not so much. I'm, I'm not tempted to be afraid so much of people as I am failure. You know, just when God will say, hey, do this. And I'm like, uh, hold on a minute. I'm scared. <laughs> you know, and yep. it's not biblical to feel that way or to be that way, but it's a reality of the condition of my human state. I am a physical being that has a sinful nature mm-hmm. and I have emotions that don't line up with the word. Cause I think about how in, in Romans chapter eight, it talks about how that our minds are reprobate, that they're not subject to the word of God, nor can they be. Our physical minds have to be constantly renewed. It's not something that just lines up. Our flesh doesn't just submit to the word. But it is possible because if it weren't so, God wouldn't have told us that it was so. That's right. So what are some ways, Mike, that you have seen that at work in your own life, in your own heart, by speaking over an emotion that it changed a circumstance? Uh, Some ways that I've seen it in my life is, uh, in particular, dealing with, you know, our boys. There's times where um, I tend to get emotional and, and, and loud and yell. And, you know, what I would do is pray to God along with you helping me see the situation at hand to assess it, to talk to the children accordingly, meaning in love, because I love my, my sons. I love, I love my daughter. And after that, what I do is I thank God for giving me his peace. And I go back to them and say, Daddy was wrong by the way I use these negative emotions towards you. Do you forgive me? And they always, they always forgive and they move on as if nothing even happened. And, and that is, I I love to experience the whole thing because it shows me God's unconditional love and the importance of forgiveness. So let's go to Colossians chapter three, while we're talking about forgiveness, verse 13 which says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Again, when I see this scripture, I think of our children. So many times I didn't make good decisions as a parent. I talk to our children about, about the situation. I parent them or discipline them accordingly. And then I come to them and I say, hey, do you forgive me? And they are quick to forgive. Amen. That's an awesome lesson, isn't it? Like, I tend to, by nature, not 
ever want to say I'm sorry or admit that I'm wrong or... Amen. No, it's true. It's like, I mean, I've gotten better, obviously, over the years. Well, I shouldn't say obviously, but I have, right? Am I right? You have. Okay. If I'm wrong, call me out because I've seen progress because I've allowed God to come into that area of my life. I've been honest with myself saying, man, I really don't like to be wrong. I don't like to be called out when I'm wrong. And I don't like to say I'm sorry when I'm wrong. But over the years, I'm allowing the spirit of God to soften my heart and to guide me in those areas because I don't want to be prideful. That's not my intention. But it was so many years of just sowing into that sin and giving into that emotion, you know, Mm -hmm. of of pride and, and believing that I was something that I was not. Making myself, as a defense mechanism, puffing myself up like I'm just so awesome because I'm better than so-and-so. No, I'm not. You know, I'm not. And regardless, is that the standard to compare myself to? Uh, no. It's a standard of righteousness. That's right. And in the standard of righteousness, when we're comparing ourselves to that, if we're being real, we all fall short. So I think that it's important also um, that as we forgive people, It's also important to make every effort to make peace with the person that has offended us. In James 3.18, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So when I see that, it just reminds me that, again, we're sowing seeds. We're sowing either seeds of God's promises and, you know, living seeds, his word, or we're sowing seeds of the enemy, lies, discord death you know we know that everything all sin leads to death yeah so it's important that as we speak life that we will just continue to make every effort to see what god sees in other people instead of just relying on our little reprobate minds to judge a quick you know quickly judge a situation Mm -hmm. we need to allow the spirit of god to show us how he sees other people to admit that when we're wrong to forgive people when they hurt us and be grateful when people choose to forgive us when we've hurt them. Yeah. You know? But again, I think one of the best ways to do all of this is just purpose in your heart to stop giving in to the sin that accompanies the emotions that you're feeling. Yeah. Just don't give in to it. Just purpose in your heart. I'm not going to do this. And in addition to that, praise and worship. You know? Amen. You have to praise God. You have to worship God. Because those are the things, there's promises in, in the word that tell us that, you know, we know that when, that when we worship God, that he destroys burdens and yokes. Amen. You know, yeah, it, it does. The, the spirit of heaviness is, is destroyed when we worship him in spirit and in truth and prayer, praying constantly throughout the day for ourselves, for other people and meditating on the word. Mm-hmm. We have to have that word in us. We have to have it coming through our eyes, through our ears, coming out of our mouths, just literally cleansing ourselves and the washing ourselves with the, with the word. And then you're going to start to see changes in your emotions and how you handle them. And you're going to start to see God's life, his life-giving words and his truth radiate from you when circumstances arise, good or bad. Yes. Yes, honey. I, I totally, totally understand uh, what you're saying. And I would like to just say that what we're trying to uh, show you guys is that the importance of speaking life over our emotions, all of the steps that we've talked about, what we want to do now is going to prayer and, 
you know, we thank you, God, for giving us the words to speak. Yes, we pray, Lord, God, that you will help Christ. ourselves and those listening to apply your word, Father God. Show us each day how we are to speak life over our emotions. We thank you for all this, gracious Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Be sure to join us on July 17th as we talk about taming that tongue of yours. Until next time, God bless. If you have questions, testimonies, or prayer requests to share, you can connect with them on their website, learningtospeaklife.com, or by email at info at learningtospeaklife.com. We pray this session has been a blessing for you.